listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. I've never been the biggest fan of, of Giannis. I've ripped him. I, I really didn't like his game. I've always said that he was someone that instead of studying tapes of LeBron James and trying to emulate LeBron James's game, he really should be studying tape of Akeem Olajuwon. Some of these other centers, Patrick Ewing, guys that made a living with their mid-range game, Even guys like Shaq, who had Shaq, although was not a good shooter, had amazing mobility and spin moves and things around the basket and knew that he could dunk on anyone at any given time. Giannis invented what he did something during the NBA finals I've never seen. He played point center. He moved his game from trying to shoot threes like LeBron and trying to shoot step backs. And shots that are really, really bad for him, that are inefficient for him, to take him away from the rim. And he, I think in this playoff series, excuse me, in this playoffs, Giannis finally realized that he was not the skinny 175-pounder that was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. He realized that he was the bully on the block. He just decided that he was going to muscle everybody. He pushed the way that he pushed around DeAndre Ayton, who's a bona fide seven footer, big guy, big wingspan. DeAndre Ayton tapped out by the end of the series. He didn't want no more. He was like, he was no mas. He did not want any more of Giannis. And what Giannis looked like when he's playing at his apex. We talk about, I remember when LeBron James came to the league, we talked about how he was kind of a hybrid between Mike and Magic. The explosion of Mike, the leaping ability of Mike, but the handle of Magic, the ability to control and run an offense like Magic. Well, what you saw is Giannis played, he was a hybrid between LeBron and Shaq. Where he could bring up the ball, bring the ball to the court. And Giannis is not a bad ball handler, especially for someone at 6'11. His game, if you notice, his game is from very similar to Joker. They both play at the top of the key. They don't play in the corner. They're they're very comfortable facing the basket, looking at the basket. The further you get from an angular perspective, neither of them are as comfortable. So Giannis kind of lived at the top of the key, slightly on the wing, but you don't see him. He's not a guy that's really comfortable working the baseline. Now, people that are his height, you want him to play more the four or five than, than the three. And usually that guy that's really a power forward type, Tim Duncan did this, Barkley did this, Carl Malone did this. They make a living on the baseline. But that's not who Giannis is. And I have to admit that I was flat wrong because I've ripped him. I said that he's not that good. I said that he's not a superstar. I said that he's not really a one. He's a two. And everybody today 
on sports talk media, people are people are now saying, "Hey, is Giannis one of the? Is he? We, we're so obsessed with this greatest of all time discussion, man. Let the man have a parade. Let him get his fifty piece Chick Fil A nuggets with extra Polynesian sauce. I don't know if Giannis is going to be an all time great. I don't know any of that. I'm not going to compare him. I definitely can't compare him to Mike. And LeBron, he's not really a wing player. His comparison is more to Dream, Shaq, Kareem, those guys. But this guy's only this man's only 26 years old. We don't know if Milwaukee is a one and done team. We don't know if they're going to be an all-time great team. I just know that I was wrong both about him and Budenholzer. I'm not a big fan of Mike Budenholzer. But he realized in the series that he had a physical advantage, that he had Giannis, that he had Portis, he had Lopez, that although Phoenix was a very explosive team and they're a running gun team and they're fun to watch and their offense is poetry in motion, he realized he's like, man, Jay Crowder's playing the four. He's like 6'6 and really can't jump. I actually thought that that uh, Kaminsky gave Phoenix a pretty good lift. I think that Monty Williams could have played Kaminsky more to have another 6'11", 7-foot type dude down on the block. I'm not armchairing, armchair QBing, second-guessing Coach Williams. Coach Williams is a great guy. A couple nights ago, he went right into the locker room after losing the finals. He's been through peril in his own personal life with his wife tragically being killed in a, an auto accident. Coach Williams is really the salt of the earth. There's a part of me that feels bad for Chris Paul not getting a ring. There's another part, another part of me that's like, man, State Farm really flops a lot. And State Farm is kind of cancerous with his attitude. And State Farm really is annoying and not that good. He played really well to get to the NBA Finals. So that that Clippers closeout, he left. He left. I don't know. Can I say premature ejaculation on 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 air? As we'll find out. He left it all out there against the Clippers. That was it. He was done. He had nothing left. Now, I know that he probably. I'm sure that we'll find out some story that Chris Paul has torn ligaments in his hand or something like that. Some of those turnovers. I actually was wondering if Chris Paul was involved in a point-shaving scandal like on Goodfellas when Robert De Niro and Mari from the wig shop were, were shaving points and Mari ended up getting garroted in the neck by Joe Pesci and Sal had to turn on the Cadillac and, and drive. Uh, and Joe Pesci said, hey, we might as well let, might as well let Mari drive. But I'm sure that we'll find out that Chris Paul was was injured. I'm sure that we'll find out that Chris Paul has a serious injury to his hand. I'm not I'm not necessarily going to knock him for that. He's out there playing. He's not completely healthy. Chris Paul's never been completely healthy. But Giannis, back to Giannis. <clears throat> he's a likable guy. Whether you like his game or not, he's a very likable guy. He's he's something that we really haven't seen in basketball in a long time. And I don't know if this will be Giannis's league. And I think if you look at the, if you look at the hierarchy in the league, 
since I've been around, when I was a kid, it was Magic's lead. Magic and Bird. It was their league. I don't know what happened before I was born. I just know that back in the Bill Walton, Wes Unseld days, they were showing the NBA Finals on tape delay. Like the NBA Finals was on tape delay after the Johnny Carson show on UHF channels. It'd be like, it'd be like I was in Baltimore. It was right, it was on right after Pop's place at one in the morning on channel 48. Before even UPN and WB, like you're basically talking about the equivalent of airing the NBA Finals on Paragon 7 Studios if we had a TV channel. But as I was a kid, it was Magic's League. I had a pair of Magic Converse. I had a pair of Larry Bird Converse. They were back and forth, but Magic was the was the dominant star. And then after Magic, obviously Mike, and if you've seen, if you've seen the last dance, like I've seen it five or six times. And when I say five or six times, I mean all 10 hours, five or six times. I've spent 60 to 70 hours watching The Last Dance. I could get a paycheck. I've, I've seen a paycheck's worth, a two-week, 80-hour <laughs> paycheck worth of The Last Dance. It became Michael's League. Even Magic and Bird, when they saw Michael coming up, they were like, oh, man, he's too good. We're cooked. After Mike retired, and Mike was so dominant and owned the league, after Mike retired, you kind of had a lull. It was Kobe was was coming up. You had the Kobe and Shaq era. I think the AI was the face of the league. People disagree with me on that. Go, but go back and look at everybody in the NBA. Everybody had tattoos and cornrows. That's AI. AI his contribution to the culture in making the NBA hip hop and street is unparalleled so much. So that David Stern was like, you brothers got to stop wearing Averex and triple fat goose to games. He instituted a dress code policy. Basically like you guys got to all wear suits because you're coming in looking like the dip set, looking like 50 cent, looking like G unit, and we don't, we don't, basically we don't, we don't want you young black African-American players looking like thugs. Now, I don't know if that was racism or he was trying to protect them from, protect the image of the league because you do, in flyover country, people in flyover country do watch the NBA too. Now, they hate the NBA now because they've gone full BLM since then. I read the comments on Fox News. They hate LeBron. They hate Chris Paul. They think any black person that speaks out against racism is now a racist. So you're the racist. LeBron's the racist. Popovich and Kerr, if they actually agree with some of the players, uh, you're a bleeding heart liberal. But that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, Kobe had the torch for a while, and then LeBron came in. LeBron was the chosen one. LeBron, we're, we're getting towards the end of his career. LeBron has lived up to all of the hype. You're not going to find anyone in any sport, anytime, anywhere, any decade, any era that had so many accolades coming in to a professional career that lived up to every single accolade and exceeded, which, which LeBron James has done. Almost thrown a perfect game as a person. Had some gaps on the court. I'm not going to rip somebody that gets to the finals year three, year four for losing 
because it usually takes someone a long time to, to really get to the pinnacle. So LeBron has held the league. Is Giannis the next guy? I don't, I don't know. But what I do know about Giannis, he's won me over personally. The thing I like about him, I like there's several things I like about him the most. First of all, he plays defense. He's an elite defensive player. Jordan was an del- uh, elite defensive player. A lot of guys, Shaq, even Kobe later. Kobe was a good defender. LeBron wasn't always the best defender. KD is not a good defender. Curry is not a good defender. Steve Nash was not a good defender. I'm thinking of MVPs. Westbrook, not a good defender. Harden is literally a matador on defense. It is refreshing to see a big man say, get that weak stuff out of here, youngin. That's refreshing. So he plays defense. Giannis doesn't worry, and I don't know if it's the language barrier. I don't know if it's culture. But what I love about him, he'll airball a free throw. He doesn't even worry about it. He's right back the next time. He doesn't allow – there's something about him that it doesn't get in his head. The pressure doesn't get in his head. Almost like he's oblivious to it. Almost like he's wearing – let's talk about Andy – I remember in Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman was talking about Andy Dufresne and how he almost has a cloak that covers him from – the awful things that are happening at Shawshank prison. Giannis is kind of like that. He's, he's, he seems like he's covered. He can have a bad game, have a bad play, <clears throat> but he doesn't let it get in his head. He'll come back next time. Bang on you and one. And I like that about him. And then finally, what I really like about Giannis, he didn't have no ego. I think Michael Jordan had a massive ego. We've seen that LeBron, has massive ego. If LeBron, when he was sitting on the front row of game five, if the cameras could have been on him and not the game, LeBron would have been would have been elated for that. LeBron has a, a massive ego that could light up the city of Los Angeles and Cleveland simultaneously. Dallas didn't have an ego, man. He just goes out. He puts up points. It's not pretty. He's not doing step back jumpers. He's not crossing people up. He's not throwing the ball off the backboard to himself. He's not hitting threes from 30 feet out like Logo Lillard and Steph and Trey Young. It's not pretty, but it's almost like a throwback to the, to the old school guys that would bang you on the block. Almost like if you took Moses Malone, gave him a little bit of a different build and a handle, he's a grown bleeping man down there, and, and his game is so unique, and he's so humble and he has a nice smile. It just seems like a pleasant human being to be around. And we've got to we've got to salute Giannis, regardless of what you think about his game, regardless of what you think about, hey, the Nets weren't healthy, the Lakers weren't healthy. Giannis is a champion. He's got two MVPs. He's a he's a defensive player of the year. You are talking about generational greatness in Giannis, and we have to. Give him his props. Paragon 7 Studios. I ain't snitching on nobody from Harlem, man. I give you a couple cats down in D.C. doing their thing, out of town doing their thing, but um, I'm not snitching on nobody in Harlem because when I come home, I'm still going to be the king. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. We begin searching for ways to not only feed, not only bridge the access to food, but how can we fight disease? Quite naturally, that required, it was a must, 
that we figure out how to get fresh produce, crisp greens, leafy greens, and fruits and herbs and vegetables directly to the front door of those families that needed it the most. And so we finally come out with a solution and we call that Full Cart Fresh. We have teamed up with some of the, the greatest people in America, our American farmers. And through working with a collaborative of farmers across multiple states, we have created Full Cart Fresh. So imagine this, you're at a farm, the produce is picked and prepared, and it's boxed in a Full Cart Fresh box at the farm. And then through our shipping and logistics uh, program, we ship directly from the farm, directly to the front door of the most vulnerable families in America. We have got families and seniors and children around the country who are hungry and as well as hungry are really managing and coping with serious illnesses and diseases. So come along, help us. Help feeding children everywhere through our Full Cart program and the launch of our new Full Cart Fresh. Help those families in need. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. Never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from uptown, New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you shout it out, Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. For no reason at all, I can't recall it. Most of the seeds in my face. Down the hall, I'm kicking it in the back of the school, eating chicken at three. Wondering why is everybody always picking on me? I tried to talk and tell them, chill, I did nothing to deserve this. But when it didn't work, I wasn't scared, just real nervous and unprepared to deal with scrapping, no doubt. My pappy never told me how to knock an eye again. But now in 95, I was surviving a man on my own. So I work off the fat lip, yes, she give moan. I'm not trying to show no module is shown. But when it's on, when it's on, then it's on. Back on the Lance J Show. Shout out to the far side, far side. I'm, I'm always. We finally got a rhythm on WVLL with the, with the music and the engineering. We got a nice little rotation. And starting to one of my one of my goals is to is to cross pollinate. So we we have the we have the conversations. I do sports. If you're still new to the show, I do sports. I'm an ESPN NBC Sports Radio guy, so I spent many years doing a scrub Sunday night show on ESPN and NBC Sports Radio. People calling in, angry about being in Philly. People calling in, angry about Carson Wentz. 
people being angry about losing to the Giants or the Cowboys taking those calls. Was out in Phoenix, took calls on, on Arizona State. I used to spin. Now, one of the things, I have not obliterated UT football. That rant is coming because we're getting into preparation for college football. I'm going to obliterate UT football and talk about how, as an Ohio State fan and people from the North, people in SEC, they have this view of the SEC as collective, meaning that, hey, Alabama won a chip. SEC, better than you. And I want to engage with people calling in to discuss that because I don't understand that. When Michigan is good, I don't take credit for that. I want to see Michigan. See, I don't care what people say. If Michigan plays Florida in the Citrus Bowl because teams like Michigan and Florida play in the Citrus Bowl. I remember Steve Spurrier once said, you can't spell citrus without U-T. Now you can't spell citrus without U-F. I hope Florida beats Michigan 71 to zip. I hate Ann Arbor Community College. I hope that if they ever make it to the Rose Bowl and they play USC or they play Oregon, I hope that Oregon beats them 66 to 7 and punches in more touchdowns late in the fourth quarter to run up the score just to embarrass Coach Khaki. I detest Ann Arbor Community College. But it's funny how, how the South, uh, Alabama, Auburn, you're hated rivals. Well, Auburn wins the championship. Up, oh, SEC, we're the best. Texas A&M, SEC, we're the best. I'm like, hey, Ampersam University fans, you only been in the SEC for like three years. And you're kind of Alabama's, I can't say what I want to say on the radio. Let's go with the word concubine. You're Alabama's concubine. And then when you're not Alabama's concubine, you're LSU's concubine. So you're, you're a jump off. You're real housewives of Atlanta or of College Station. Lost my train of thought. Back to the NBA Finals. Going into next year, Going into next year, oh, I was talking about, excuse me, I was talking about Farside. So I was talking about, I was talking about how Farside is is one of a, a great rap group that you got to listen to, to both Lab Cap in California and Bizarre Ride to the Farside. We try to cross, cross-pollinate and discuss sports with healthcare. It's the only show perhaps in the country where you might get a professional athlete in one segment, a CEO of a health plan in another segment, and then DJ Rampage mixing in a third segment. So we try we try to keep it fresh. We try to keep it very interesting. We want the show to be informative. And I think that I've moved. I started off in the gas bag, hot take industry, the Will Kane industry, the Stephen A. Smith industry. I started off in that. That's not, that's just not really my lane. You know, I think that. My lane is to monologue when I can't get a guest and when we can't get a guest to shut up, let the guest. What had people from Operation Song in? Why would I interrupt Mike Byer? Mike Byer is here talking about going to war, sacrificing everything for our country, and then not wanting his son to go to war as his son was coming up and getting to that age and wanted to enlist. Obviously adored his father, wanted to serve our country. He's telling me this story 
about how he really didn't want his son to have to go through what he went through, see the things that he saw, experience the things that he experienced, smell the things that he smelled. And how there was a little bit of enmity between him and his son. And they had to work through that because he didn't want his son to go into that work. Why would I interrupt that? I just need to sit here and, and duct tape my mouth shut. I have nothing to add to that type of conversation. And we want to get more people. Marcus Whitney was on the show. He's talking about how he was able to get into the ownership group for the MLS franchise here in Nashville. And talking about venture capitalism and talking about ownership and talking about the African-American community. And discuss how he's raising a $50 million VC fund. Only black man to head that. In the country. You want to talk about breaking barriers and bursting through glass ceilings. Those are the type of guests that we want to have on the show. I'm going to be out at Rise in, in Colorado Springs. We're going to be interviewing everyone. I had people lined up out the door to be a part of this show. And we're going to be interviewing live from Colorado Springs and taking calls on, on healthcare advocacy, healthcare policy, all of that good stuff. But back, pivoting once again, I'm all over the map. Back to the NBA. Going into next year, I wonder, and, and I'm a little bit disappointed in, in my fans from Phoenix. I've talked about this on the show before. I'm disappointed in Phoenix fans. I spent a lot of time sitting out watching the Suns get blown out. Devin Booker was good for 43, 44 points, but they were getting blown out by Portland. They're getting blown out by the Warriors. They're getting blown out by the Lakers. This is pre-LeBron Lakers. They're getting blown out by the Lonzo Ball Lakers. I've seen Denver come in and blow them out. I've seen teams from the East come in and blow them out. I've even seen Orlando come in and blow. I think that was the low point. I was like, man, you're getting blown out by Orlando. Fans of Phoenix should be appreciative of the growth. This was, this was a team that was one of the worst teams, one of the bottom three teams in the NBA for, for probably about a five, seven-year stretch. They're a terrible team. They have a bad ownership group. People were, were literally talking about moving the team to Scottsdale. If they could have declared eminent domain and, and stripped the owner, like they were waiting for the owner to have a Donald Sterling type of moment so that they could find a, a reason to, to wrestle the team from the ownership group in Phoenix. Phoenix is a beautiful city. It's not as big market as, I don't know, it's not a Chicago, it's not a New York, it's not an L.A., but Phoenix is not small market. People keep calling Phoenix. Milwaukee is small market. Phoenix is not small market. Phoenix is a big city. Phoenix is, is getting in the direction of Dallas, Houston. Denver is bigger than Denver, bigger than Seattle. Phoenix is Phoenix is a is a is a relatively large city. I think it's the twelfth largest market in the country. The fans there, you gotta support your team, even though, even though it sucks. It sucks for Chris Paul, but I see a lot of angry tweets about choking, all of that stuff. You were you were on worst teams in the NBA just a few years ago. When that team came back, I'm, I'm not watching Phoenix News, but when they got back to Phoenix a couple days ago, I hope that there were 10,000 fans waiting for them in the 120-degree heat at Sky Harbor Airport because 
you got a bright future with Devin Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton is going to look at tapes all summer of him getting abused and ragdolled by Giannis. He's going to come back stronger. He's going to get in the weight room. Coach Williams is going to get better. The Lakers are not getting better. AD is falling apart. LeBron's going to get older. Denver's good. Logo Lillard is going to be out of Portland. San Antonio's toast. This Phoenix Suns team, we're going to see them again. They're going to be back competing at a very, very high level. And if I'm if I'm out in Phoenix, I know that we're not on terrestrial radio in Phoenix. Stand by your team. Don't be bandwagoners like Laker fans and Warrior fans and Brooklyn Net fans, which there's no one in Brooklyn that even knew that the Nets existed until a few months ago. Support your team because this is going to be a long decade ride with the with the pieces that you have in place and the coach that you have. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. AEP annual enrollment programs are launching in just a few months, and this is the perfect time to shop for the best insurance options for you and your loved ones. Learn more about individual and group insurance benefits with Engage It Health. Their diverse portfolio includes accident expense, specified disease plans, life insurance, and PPO plans. Engage It Health's licensed benefit advisors are just a phone call away to bring you optimal service in selecting affordable and unique benefit packages that meet your health care needs. Call Engage in Health today at 832-219-5829. That's 832-219-5829 and tell them that Lance J sent you.